Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like Him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. Um, I am so glad that you are here. I am so glad that you decided to get up and get here and be in presence. And I'm glad that we've got people all over literally the globe are watching online right now. And I'm so grateful. And we have members that are at different parts of the globe and they literally, they text me, they've been, uh, they send me videos of them watching, which I'm so glad that people are doing that. But without you here, it's just not as much fun. And I'm so glad that you said, okay, instead of like sleeping in, instead of going to, you know, like doing that extra little job that you wanted to do, instead of, you know, just chilling, instead of having a big old brunch, well, you might be having that afterwards, but you know, instead of like staying at that, that you got here. And the thing about you being here is that, you know, the word says that, that, that it's amazing how he says, there'll be rejoicing. I was glad when they said unto me, I'm going to go into the house of the Lord this day. And there's rejoicing in that place. Why? And then what happens there is victory in that place. And I'm at the biggest thing that the devil loves to do is trick us into not being around the presence of God where there's victory. And you know, right now, I mean, we need victory family. We need to be in the presence of victory. We need to be surrounded by the presence of victory, the the presence of the Lord. And so when you come into this place, I don't even know you. I mean, I I think many times I've come even in and I didn't even recognize the change, the, the, the little things that happen because the spirit of the Lord is here. But he does this also. It says in Hebrews, it says, when you, when you, you're, it says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Hebrews 10, it says, don't, don't forsake. That means get yourself in here. But it also says some do. Some forsake the assembling of the saints. Some aren't hanging out. But the thing about coming into the assembling of the saints is that there, that there is inspiration. There is strength that comes when we gather together. And you know, um, we, we like really are serious about how we have church. I mean, we're very, very serious. I mean, our, our amazing dream teams that all do all the different kinds that so many of you are a part of the dream teams, but you know how intense and how on purpose that you do what you're doing and our, 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 our amazing dream team that leads us in worship. You know, these guys just volunteer and serve and come and, and, and they come in with a real sense of spirit of excellence and a spirit of anointing. Why? Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that comes into our life that breaks things that have caused problems in our life, in our world. You know, I don't know that you, you, you know, sometimes it's very hard to understand the spiritual things that happen when, because we're natural. But when you're in worship, I just believe it, you know, there's, there's, things that happen in such a positive way. There's just inter... If those little changes, there's a word for it, but intermittent, what is that word? Any which way, think about it. There's a little change that happened. That happened during that real spirit of worship. And then on purpose, man, when we teach the word, I mean, I, I can't tell you how, how many hours and how much work that we put into put, trying to really bring a word that is inspiring, that strengthens you, that, that, re, that you can remember, that, that, that makes you um, really, it helps you to be a Christ-centered person. I mean, you know, we are serious about 
about wanting to really give to you the Spirit of God, right? And our amazing children's team, man, they are studying and planning and working for our children and, and getting them excited about Jesus and our, and our student ministry, like wanting our teens and our young adults to really push into the things of God in our cafes and our media team and our sound team and our cafe team and, and our, you know, we, we, there's that intensity of we want, man, we want to be the missionaries in the Northwest for Jesus. But something that I think that sometimes we don't, maybe you don't realize or really jump into this place that I would love you to really understand the value of you, the value of you in church and what you are in church. Like we do all that other stuff, but like the thing is nobody can replace you with your presence here. And how many times that you don't know, and I wonder in heaven if God won't have a, a tape that lets us, a tape, isn't that an old term? But whatever term he uses, you know, he'll let us see what happens in the spirit when you're walking and you walk into somebody and you might not think a thing of it, but you look at a person in the face, you smiled at him and you think, I don't know that person. I don't know nothing about him. You're you're not even thinking you're smiling at them, but you smile at a person and it might be that smile that changes their moment, that changes their next hour, that changes the decision that they make in the next two hours or five hours or whatever. Why? Because they got something from a God-inspired person, a God-anointed person. Or what about the fact that you have little conversations? You, you know, you say hi to somebody or, or, or the longer conversations. Definitely the whole, I love some of you, some of y'all stay out in the foyer for an hour and we're, we're like, close on the building and you're still here visiting. Don't, we love you, that visiting, that strengthening, that building relationship and then inviting people to life groups and having those good conversations. One of the sisters here in the church, she's such a beautiful person. She was coming a service and, you know, she was going home and I said to her, I said, well, now, you know, you're not really going home to anything, right? Because you're, you're single, you're gorgeous, you're single. And I said, why don't you, um, why don't you just stay for the second service and just visit with people? And she said, when, when, when she did it, she started saying, she said she counted one time because she just was curious how many people that she could, how many people she could touch. She said, when, and she's very quiet. She's not, a, you know, she's very, she said, I was able to talk to a hundred people a hundred people that she got to speak to and influence it in a God-inspired way. And I thought, I wonder how many we don't realize that you are valuable. You being here, you sitting in the service, you talking to a person, you smiling at a person, you helping a person out, you moving out of the way for a person. But there's so many different things that we do say and act that inspire, that strengthen. So I just want to say, man, good on this church. We're family, we're loving, we're inspiring, we're helping. Good on you, you know? You are important. And when you come early and stay a little later and you have that little smile, who knows what we are doing that we inspire? You know, I cannot tell you how many times that the Spirit of the Lord in the 40 years, 40 plus years that we've been pastoring, you know, sometimes I, I do, I get those, I just get this real sense of the Spirit, the Word of the Lord that comes to me. I can't tell you how many times I've had the, the, the real spirit of suicide um, that, has ha that I've just sensed that there's real spirit of that real, that's very dark depression. And I thought, how many 
many times have people walked into Christian faith, they've had that dark depression, and the reason that I didn't have to say it from the platform, we need to pray for it, is because you, the family, you somehow touched that person. You somehow hugged that person. You somehow said a word of the Lord to that person. Did you know it? No, you didn't probably even know it. But I do believe that when we do walk into the heaven and that God says, man, I just want to show you. You know that time that you didn't even know what you were doing, but you just said something, you acted in a way, man, boom, their life was changed. That is an amazing testimony, church. I just think, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I mean, God is good all the time. Okay, so the Spirit of the Lord did talk to me about praying for, I know this is, I always pray. Uh, I, I said this testimony that last Sunday I was at Mill Creek and um, the, uh, one of the sisters came up to me and she told me this, this really encouraging testimony. She said that right before our Fierce Women's uh, Conference that we had with Christine Kane a couple weeks ago, she said that she fell and in the fall she really dramatically hurt her back. I mean, hurt herself. She couldn't walk. She was just laid out and was in a lot of pain. And she was so disappointed. She was coming up to fierce, couldn't come, but she decided to watch it online. And so I just think, man, people are watching online all over the place. And I just, that healing power moves and grooves. And, and I, when I got up, I said, man, there's a person. And she said, you, you specifically put your hand on the area that my back was in absolute pain. I could not move. It was such in pain. And I put my hand, I said, the spirit of the Lord is bringing healing right now. And she said, my back right then felt the healing power of God. And I have just, been healed since that point. Amen. God is an amazing healing God. So it's kind of, you, you, I say that because sometimes it's so unique. It's kind of like, oh, okay, God. And I, is it like I have this audible voice? I just have this sense. I, I feel like, oh, well, whatever. And in the first service, I felt to pray for hands. And I immediately at the end of the service this morning had one of our amazing, beautiful partners here come up and say, that was me, which I always love it when they say it's me because it happens for them, but it happens for more often than one. But it's funny because I, I seriously have the Spirit of Lord talk about, to me about this service to pray for people with Elbows. Now, elbows, I don't know what's wrong with it. That could be like one person in the room, but it's an elbow issue that you've had problem with, like somehow in this whole joint system of movement. So if that is you, and you could go like this or like, whatever you can do of let, like letting me know that that is you uh, online or right here. Father, right now I just speak healing in, these, in the people, the family right here in their elbows. And I just speak whatever's been wrong, that not moving right, that the, something's happened and there's been pain. And I just speak pain be gone, but I also speak there's healing healing and restoration and wholeness. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the power of your word. You sent your word and healed. We don't send any word. We don't got a word. You've got the word, Father, and it brings healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I love that the Spirit of God just loves to touch us, heal us, hold, you know, just bring his strength in all realms of our life. So, and, and whatever you said. And uh, I, got a good, I got a cheerleader on the front row. And so, 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 the, um, so you know, uh, months, months ago, we put together um, the lessons that we teach on Sundays and uh, on the weekends, you know. We put together the lessons and the whole idea and the plan is always put together months before um, so we can prepare and plan and, you know, put, you know study and get, get anything put together for it. So, so um, I say that because... I'm always, you, if you don't know that, sometimes I'm extremely fascinated and I'm just absolutely in awe of how God has plans and purposes. 
how God puts together a message months before for the message of today that is so, sometimes, it, it sometimes it's, it's a beautiful shock to me how God speaks to us knowing what is to come, that he prepares so we can speak something that will bring life in the moment, that brings the power of his love in the moment. To me, it's just amazing. It's just fascinating. It's just wonderful. And so um, we, 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 we've been teaching the I Am series, I Am, who God is. And it's such a powerful message. It's such a powerful understanding of who our God is, the bigness of who our God is, and the, and the definition that he has given himself so that we have a clarity of who our God is. If you haven't heard the previous lessons, just you can get them on our, you know, the app. It's just free. So you just download the app and listen to them and be encouraged with who our God is. So, so I was given this particular lesson in John 14, and I'm going to be teaching on the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the lesson that God, God that, that I was kind of, this is what you're going to do. Now, I have to tell you, both Casey and Caleb, after the fact, tried to steal that, this lesson from me. They all, bought, they all wanted it once. I was like, no, what? Whatever, I get it. So anyway, so I so I get I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is this is what God put on, on to me. So so as I'm studying it, you're gonna see the words that he speaks are to me, they are of such today words. They are words that are so encouraging for such a time that we are living in. But let me give you a little bit, just a little thought of the background of this so you kind of get a, a good big picture. Is that when Jesus walked on the earth, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, amazing, I hope we're reading our gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, reading what Jesus did, seeing what Jesus did. We are to follow as our savior, following his actions, following his character, following his word. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what you find in kind of the understanding is that Jesus spoke to his disciples very specifically in long different segments. Matthew, Mark, there's like, there's like a bit four different long segments that Jesus really speaks to them in giving them very solid instruction. These are things that you really need to know. And so in John 14, this is the third one of the really solid instructions, and it's longer. It's not just a word or line. It's like literally, I'm going to jump in and John 14, but it really starts, his time that he's having this, it starts in John 13, 14, 15, and 16. So it's a long understanding. And it's also the last words before the resurrection, before he goes to the cross. These are the last things that he is saying to his disciples. Now, these are things that like, if you think about the last things that you're going to be speaking to somebody, they're very significant. They're very important. And it, it, there's a detail and understanding of, I want you to know these things. These are important. And it also shows when in this last discussion, the disciples didn't know a lot of things. They didn't totally understand everything, which really kind of encourages me because sometimes we put the disciples like they knew when they were like perfect and they were just, they were humans. They were people. They were men that followed after God, but they, they didn't know everything. And, and I love that we don't know everything all the time, but how the word of the Lord comes to them and brings comfort and brings strength to them, even in the midst of not knowing everything. So if you, if you, if you were read this in John 14, realistically, the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. So I am so grateful that we have chapter and verse that we can find it, but note that this is like in the middle of his discussion. So it's, so there's a lot around it also that I just encourage you this week, read some more of it and be encouraged with what Jesus spoke to his disciples in that last part of what he was speaking to them. But it's starting in John 14. As we see this, I love this beginning. So hopefully 
hopefully you have your smartphone, you have your paper Bible, um, that you know this. You'll also see it up on the big screen. But can I say this first verse in John 14 and verse 1, I just hope that many of you will either write this down or uh, highlight it in your Bible and reread it this week over and over and over for such a time that we are living in, for such a moment that we have to deal with the situations that are happening around us. And in John 14 and verse 1, it says, don't worry or surrender to fear. Don't worry or surrender to fear. Then when I read this, you know, and I'm like, God, the Holy Spirit, he planned this months ago. And I I don't know about y'all, but I'm like, I I don't know if some of you just don't, you know, get involved with social media or watch the news at all or, um, you know, not have discussions about everything that's going on. But I do. You know, I, I sometimes slip right on into there and turn the news on or, you know, look at what's going on. And, and uh, I have to say that I've sometimes let myself get in some worry. You know, I have an army son, you know. I have a son. He's been in there for nine years now, you know. And, and uh, I, I can get myself, I can read, I can see certain things on the news. I have to tell you, I cried. You know, I cried this week over stuff. I, I, when I think about families, I'm like, ugh. It just is, it's just like I get, oh my gosh, God, what do we do? How do we help people? How do we love? And I can get worried. And, and then I noticed uh, when, when, I'm, when I'm preparing to teach this, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night, but I was, I was, not, I was not full of uh, love and care and peace that passes understanding. I was full of worry. Because my mind, as soon as I woke up, has this ever happened to you? I wake up in the middle of the night and my mind, boom, is immediately on the reel that I had just, you know, earlier in the day I had seen on the news or some, you know, concern or some problem was, boom, just running in my mind. Has, has, has anybody walked down that path lately? You know, anybody, 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 you know? So it's moving and grooving, yeah. So I was like, so when I read this, I felt like the Spirit of God was speaking to me. He was speaking to Wendy Louise and he said, honey, listen, I need you to get this. I need you to get this. I need you to let me be your thought pattern. I need you to let me be what you see and not what you're allowing others to put in your little camera work in your heart. I need you to see, don't worry. And then it says this, or surrender to fear. What about surrendering to depression? What about surrendering to anxiety? What about surrendering to I can't? What about surrendering just, but you know, it's not gonna work. What about surrendering to sickness and disease? What about surrendering to anger and frustration? I need you. You and I need to understand that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. It's such a time that they were living in. You know, we, they were living in a scary time. We are living in a scary time. Well, the reality, if you live on earth, you're living in a scary time. There's no such thing as this is more of a scary time. It's just our scary time. It's just our time to live in. And so that means we live in a time that has its own issues that you and I have to figure out how to live not surrendering to fear. Not surrendering to anxiety. Not surrendering to it's not going to work. You and I have to realize that Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he said, hey, and if he says this, 
With Jesus saying this, it means it's possible. Jesus wouldn't say something to you and I that wasn't possible. He wouldn't say to you and I, don't surrender to fear. Don't surrender to anxiety. Don't surrender to depression. Don't surrender to sickness. He wouldn't say that if it was not possible. If it was not possible, he would say, oh man, I'm sorry guys. And I'm just sorry. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Guess what's going to happen now? Whoa, fear's going to take you over. You're going to get sick. You're going to get sad. You're just going to go bonk. You're just going to bottom out. It's the way it is until you can get to heaven. Sorry. Ain't going to happen. Jesus says, I am with you at all times. He says, I am with you in the in, out, up, down, bad, good. He is with us and he never forsakes us. That's a big amen, church. Amen? Come on. He never leaves us. So he says to you and I, and this is like, like these are last words. He looks at his disciples and the disciples are like, wait, 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 Jesus, can you imagine? He says to them, don't worry or surrender to fear. You know, the disciples really thought, they thought the thought was that Jesus, you know, was going to come and rule right then that he was gonna take over all the problems that were right then. How many of us just wish that, he, come on Jesus, come on right now, take over all these things. So the disciples thought that. He said, okay, listen, you're here. You're gonna stay here, but no, no, I wanna give you some promises. And he continues on, for you believed in God, now trust in me, trust in me and believe in me. Continuing on in these verses, verse two in John 14. My father's house has many dwelling places. If it were not otherwise, I wouldn't tell you. I'm telling you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. The promise of heaven is real. Come on church, the promise of heaven is real. And maybe we need to be reminded of that more often in the mission that we have on earth. You and I are missionaries on earth. This is not our home. This is not where we're going to stand eternity. You know, earth life is short. Heaven life is long. Earth life is short. Heaven life is long. So if earth life is short and heaven life is long, God says, listen, I need you to not surrender to fear, but I also need you to comfort each other, encourage each other. He has gone to prepare a place for you and I. We have the promise of heaven. Hello, thank you, Jesus. Hello, I'm so excited. Not excited for, I'm not going early. I'm staying on the earth long. I'm staying as long as possible. As long as I can do anything to help people know Jesus, I'm sticking on earth, okay? I'm staying here. But I'm telling you, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna say, hello, do I get to have the peanut butter vat first? Or do I get to have a popcorn that's the best you've ever, I have my favorite foods all lined up, you know? What's your favorite food that you're hoping is in heaven? Like you don't have to hope, I believe it's there. So what's your favorite food? Come on, tell me what's your favorite. And one, two, three. Cheetos. There you go, cheaters are in heaven. Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What'd you say over there, handsome? He wants Cheetos too. You're not going to heaven for food. You are, you are Mr. Candyman. So you don't, don't, don't be tricking all these people that you don't. You're vegan. Get out of here. He's Mr. 
<laughs> we went hiking Rainier on Thursday, me and Casey. Just, you know, like a little fun five-mile hike, you know. So on the hike, he doesn't always go with me. So we get halfway up and he eats a candy bar. And I'm like, whoa, I never, I don't ever have a candy bar when I'm hiking. So then we're going the other half down. He goes, he ate the other half. He had another candy bar. We got in the car. He had another candy bar. He said, babe, you've eaten three full candy bars. You know this, right? He said, hey, I worked hard. I worked hard. I said, whatever. You can have all the candy bars you want. Well, not really, but anyway. I laughed at him. He had to have energy, he called it. So three, who, who eats three candy bars hiking five miles? At least 15, babe. Okay, so it says this. In John 14, don't worry or surrender to fear. And then he says, I've got the promise of heaven for you and I. But then I love this next part. Okay, when it says this right here in verse, what? Oh, goodness. Wait. Oh, I've got another three hours and 22 minutes, right? I don't really, how do you say that? Thomas said to him, I, I have to speed up my, I probably have to talk faster, right? I might need to talk faster. <laughs> Thomas said to him, in verse five, Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know what you're go, where you're going, so how can we know how to get there? I love Thomas's question. Thomas says, wait, wait, wait. You said, don't, don't surrender to fear. You said, you're going to prepare a place for me. And then Thomas says, wait, wait, but where are you going? We don't understand. We don't know what's going on. You know, church, in today, right now, sometimes do you ever feel like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to deal with certain situations. I don't know the answer to everything. I love how Thomas says, wait, wait, I don't understand. And I love the answer of Jesus because I feel like this, remember, we, when you see Jesus, you see the Father. So he gives you a picture of how God answers your questions. When you have questions of life, you know, when you don't know what's going on, when sometimes you get a little bit like, I bet you Thomas was like, no, no, wait, what's going on? I'm like, does everybody understand this? And I'm the only one that doesn't understand this, but what's going on? So Jesus speaks to him and he says this, Jesus explains to him. And I love that he doesn't yell at him and say, oh, you stupid Thomas. That was such a dumb question. Like, who do you think you are? Like, what are you, the lowest level of spiritual understanding? Like, y'all dummy, get in the back of the room. No, he turns to him, as we see in verse six. And remember this when you don't feel confident about something in your life. Remember this when you don't always have the answers that you feel you should have. God doesn't say, all right, I'm gonna kick you to the back of the spiritual class, you little dummies. He puts his arms around Thomas and he answers his question with the most kindness, but also with an absolute. He says, Jesus explains, I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Come on. And he gave the answer to Thomas. He's speaking to Thomas and giving him the answer. There is a clarity. There is an absolute. There is a sense of that alignment of an answer in your very soul. And then it can, to know me is to know my father. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. This is very significant and very important about how Jesus aligns himself and understand the father and the son are one and understand the relationship of understanding who our God is by seeing Jesus and the acts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's just like an amazing picture. So I was thinking about, 
You know how Jesus spoke and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And there's such an absolute, and it's not teasing. When he says, I am the way, he's understanding that there is no other way but his way. He says, you know, when we read in different parts of the Bible, like especially I could, in Matthew 7, 13, he says that in being the way, that, that wide is the way that many take, but narrow is the way that we can walk with Jesus. And he said, I am the truth. He says in John 8, 32, it says, the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That we have to know the way by we know the truth. So when I thought about this, I thought about this particular, it's just kind of a, a, a little story of my, of my life that, you know, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am am the life. You know, the, the world constantly has, has a, a, a lot of words, a lot of other things that, that you think you can get to the mountaintop of knowing God. Oh, there's many ways to the mountaintop, and you can follow this religion and that religion. And yet there, those other religions, there's, there's judgment, there's uh, unforgiveness, there is laws and rules and regulations and, and earning your way into it. And there's a lot of confusion. It, there's a lot of cu- a confusion of, okay, but what's the, but where are you going to get to with these other religions? And it occurred to me, just a little story of my own life, is when I was in the sixth grade, I had a, a teacher, and um, he was a really big guy, and um, I, and, but when I went into sixth grade, he was always confusing as a teacher. And I remember it really clearly because he never had a real good agenda for the day. And as a kid in class, I was always like, always felt uncomfortable and I felt kind of insecure about the agenda of the day because he was, he would, you know, kind of be confused. Oh, I'll do this or then I'll do this or then I'll do that. And it was always confusion. And then he would ask us as kids, well, what do you want to do? What would you like to do first? And it just didn't make sense to me as a sixth grader. And it's funny how I remember it clearly. And I remember, oh, I'm just going to start telling him what to do because I like clarity of direction. Okay, so I decided, literally in the sixth grade, I told the teacher for the rest of the year what to do all the time, and he obeyed me, okay, in the sixth grade, right? But I hated my sixth grade year because he was confused, and there was kind of like, and the thing about that, it reminded me, I feel like that's the, so many religions of the world. They're confused. They have no answer. They have no direction. They have no absolute. They have no law of love. They have this sense of whatever. And there was, it, it, what, what that did to me and what I related to it is I related that sense of I had, I had anxiety sixth grade year. I always felt uncomfortable. I didn't feel safe in that environment. And the funny thing was, or, or, or so in my life, my life goes down the pathway and I met Casey in Bible college. When I met Casey in Bible college, I have said this to many people, is that when I met Casey and I had several questions about what was going on in my life at the time, okay, I'm 18 years old. And I said, and I said to him, hey, Casey, I didn't know him. I mean, I just met him. It was kind of my first conversation. I said, Casey, what do you think I should do about this situation? And he looked at me with clarity, without a blink. And he said, oh, absolute, this, 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 and this. And I went, done. And I knew I could follow him the rest of my life. I knew I could because he knew and he was clear. 
you know? And I thought, there's sometimes there's earth illustrations of our Father God in His absolute. And what that did for me, when I met Casey, it's the first, that when I met him, I felt, I felt, I lost all that confusion. I felt like there was direction. I felt like there was, aha, I can trust where this pathway is leading. Now that's a natural illustration to an absolute unbelievable God that our God says he doesn't want us to live with that sixth grade teacher of, well, what do you think? What do you want? What's the best? This is it. Okay. But I'm going to change my what's good and what's bad for tomorrow because he's constantly changing and constantly confusion. That's the religions of this world. That's the sixth grade teacher of my life. Always confused and never clear in his direction. But what we want, what we, what God has given to us when he speaks In John 14, he speaks to us with that clarity to our very being, to our clarity to our very soul. He isn't teasing. And you get to choose, but he is absolute. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Done. When he speaks that way, you and I have that absolute assurance and there is a confidence that's released within us that says, I can walk that pathway of I am the life, I am the truth. I can follow that pathway because he is truth. And in that truth, I can be secure. I can be a confident. Now, you don't always know truth because the thing that you and I have to recognize that God says, it says, my word is true. My word is truth. And then I want to add on to us as his children and as his believers, are we really getting into, into what the word teaches us is truth? Because the more, because so many of us as Christians, Hosea 4, 6 says, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Many of us don't even realize that we know so little of our Father. We know, we know so little of the Bible. We know so little of His truth. And so we're walking in this, this little part of what God wants us to have. But He would love us to be able to walk in this place of don't worry or surrender to fear. He would love us to walk in this place of I am healed and I am whole. He would like us to walk in this place that peace that passes understanding dominates us in our dailiness of life. Because why? Because his truth prevails within us. His I am is strong within us. Come on, church. Amen. And I'll end with this last thought before we just take a moment and we'll worship God in a moment. But listen, then Philip came to him and he says, Jesus, how do we know the Father? Have you ever wondered that? How do I know the Father? You know, many times we, we know the Father by what the media has taught us, by what movies have taught us, by, what, by people that have had conversations and they tell us, you know, oh, that was an act of God. No, that was not an act of God if it destroyed anybody. Whoever said that does not know the Bible, does not know our Father God. Because when you know our Father God, you watch what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John teaches us. And Jesus says, I show you the Father. 
So what Jesus did is who the Father is. And Jesus went about, and he says, he goes, he went about and healed all that were oppressed in the emotional realm and in the physical realm. That's our Father. When people had need, he fed them. Why? Because he wanted them to have more than enough. When, the, when people were in confusion, when they were sad, he brought forth joy unspeakable. That's our Father. When we know the truth, we walk in that place of confidence, assurance, more than enough because the I am is living big within us. Amen? Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.